everyone. Welcome to the ominous beginning of 2022, or as I like to call it, the Omicron beginning to 2022. This is the first ASF Weekly Science Podcast of 2022. I think now almost half the people I know have actually gotten COVID and gotten sick. Um, Luckily, this year there was a vaccination. So most of them have gotten sick, but not hospitalized. So get your vaccination. You may still get COVID, but you likely won't end up on a ventilator in a hospital where nobody can visit you. Or you can take your chances and try and then try and get a bed in an overcrowded hospital with no ICU beds. That's your call. Thanks for listening in 2021, and I hope to start off 2022 right by talking about sensory issues. They are a part of the DSM-5 criteria of autism as a restrictive and repetitive behavior, and they can be anywhere from bothersome to debilitating. So far, therapies for sensory issues have included mostly environmental supports, like changes in lighting, noise-canceling headphones, and glasses with different tints. Later on, I'll talk about a new paper that suggests that a previously tested drug may be helpful, but there's a lot of caveats to test that I'll get to. While these sensory issues were always important, they were highlighted especially important this week through a report using a study called SEED. SEED stands for the Study to Explore Early Development, and it's a CDC-supported study that recruited two to five-year-olds and their family members. And they worked in two different waves, and hopefully they'll be tracking them past the five-year-old mark, but that's another story. They asked questions about developmental milestones and a diagnosis of ASD because not everyone in this study had ASD. Some didn't. Some of them had what was known as a developmental delay, which doesn't really mean they don't mean any help. It means that they just don't have autism. They have something else. Some people call this subthreshold symptoms. It's not autism, but kids with developmental delay have language problems, some anxiety issues, they need supports and services. Sometimes they have a delay in cognitive ability, but it is not an autism diagnosis. It's not a contest, it's just a different diagnosis. So this study collects information about cognitive ability in these kids, sensory issues, motor issues, behavioral problems like aggression, anxiety, and mental health issues like depression. They also ask about social communication and repetitive behaviors. So in total, across the two waves, they collected about 1,400 kids with autism and 500 kids who had developmental delay, or they called them subthreshold meaning they had challenges, but were not considered autism. The question in this seed analysis was asking whether or not there were any behavioral or developmental features that explained why there were differences in those who were diagnosed with autism compared to those that were threshold. What were those differences? And then also, what were the commonalities in these kids who had autism compared to the commonalities in kids who had developmental disabilities? And because they had two phases of seed, they looked at whether or not the findings could be replicated from one group to another. So what they found was a feature that was useful in helping diagnose those with autism versus subthreshold features or developmental delay was sensory dysfunction. This was the only feature that was unifying autism. 
This suggests that sensory dysfunction should be considered a core feature of autism, and it calls for a better assessment of sensory issues in those with autism. The most dissimilar factors, things that made autism versus developmental delay different, were things like depression, anxiety, and aggression called dysregulation by the authors. This meant that this is what explained most of the differences between those who had a diagnosis and those who had a subthreshold diagnosis. It doesn't mean that any one group was defined by these things, and it does not mean that there was a lot of divergence in symptoms. And these dysregulation features, along with language disabilities, can impact functioning in children both with autism and with those with developmental delay. Again, not a contest, just a difference. Now, this isn't the only study that's been looking at the link between sensory sensitivity and social behaviors, specifically in those with autism. Previous studies showed that an individual with autism who has difficulties in sensory processing can also show problems in social interaction and communication behavior. Sensory sensitivity is also linked to performance in social cognition, social play, poor facial recognition, and less joint attention. Taken together, the results from this study extended the findings by suggesting that the sensory processing abnormality may contribute to difficulties in social behavior by disrupting interpersonal communication. So how do we help sensory issues? Well, a new study that is very experimental in nature and very biological in design suggests that a previously studied drug may help a little. The drug is called Arbaclofen. You may have heard of this drug already. It's a drug that affects the GABA receptor system and can affect the levels of GABA or the activity of GABAergic neurons in different parts of the brain. So it can turn on or turn off different brain cells. You may have heard about it because it was studied in a large clinical trial where the primary outcome was social withdrawal and aberrant behaviors. But some investigators, including a group in the UK, think that could it also be used to help with things like sensory sensitivity. In fact, this group in the UK helped that it helped correct visual sensory hyposensitivity in people with autism. They found that people with autism have atypical sensory processing that's dependent on GABA mechanisms. And they did that by actually putting them in a scanner, which detected the levels of GABA in different parts of the brain during different sensory processing activities. They also realized that our baclofen, which affects the GABA-B receptor, can fine-tune neuronal responses, at least in some brain regions, and in response to this experimental visual sensory response. Now, that does not mean that this drug can help all types of sensory sensitivities, even other visual types of sensory sensitivities. But it does suggest that GABA is involved and that drugs that involve GABA may help sensory sensitivity. Finally, a group in Japan looked at brain areas involved in sensory behaviors and autism. The autism group had significantly higher scores in sensory sensitivity and sensation avoiding than the typically developing group. The autism group also had higher scores in sensation avoiding in taste and smell, low registration of sensory information. They also avoided touch and they avoided sensation that involved activity levels. 
they also had sensation avoiding in the auditory domains. The typically developing group showed significantly higher scores in sensation seeking. So while the autism group was showing higher scores in sensory sensitivity and actually avoiding sensory experiences, the typically developing group was actually more sensation seeking. So anyway, they took these scores and correlated them to cortical thickness in different parts of the brain. And they found that the higher the sensory sensitivity in people with autism, the thicker the cortical areas in the right area of the brain was. And the more visual avoiding scores, that correlated to a thinner cortex in the right orbital frontal area. But that was just specific to people with ASD. In both those with ASD and who are typically developing, taste and smell sensation avoiding was related to the size of the hippocampus. So what does this all mean? I've thrown out different types of sensory information. I've thrown out different brain regions. It means that we need to pay attention to sensory issues, although there are a lot of them. It's not just the visual domain. There's auditory touch. There's also hypersensitivity and hyposensitivity. There's sensory avoiding behaviors and sensory seeking behaviors. It's unlikely that every person with autism is going to experience the same sensory disturbance. But this study by SEED suggests that sensory issues in general could be a unifying concept in an autism diagnosis and should definitely be stressed during diagnostic evaluations. Thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you the next week of 2022.